Well, good morning. My name is Derek, one of the pastors here, and we are excited that you're here. And those of you online, because it's too smoky to go out, we welcome you as well. Um, you know, I was thinking during these wonderful songs, thank you, worship team, by the way, um, but just thinking to remind you, when we show up here Sunday mornings, um, we are not really interested in just doing church. Uh, we are interested in meeting with God. We pray and we look forward to this time because God shows up in real ways. So if you have emotions that aren't normal, guess what? When you come here and God meets, it's normal. Maybe you, you have joy or you start feeling this joy. Maybe you start feeling some hope. I mean, I did during that last song and, and Paul sharing there. Um, maybe you feel some conviction about something in your life. Guess what? That might be God's spirit wanting to, to work on you a little bit. So when we show up, we are asking God to be here because God is on the move. God is doing things. And, I mean, we look big, but it starts in each of our hearts. And so uh, I'm going to pray, and we're going to get into his word. Father, we love you. Holy Spirit, we'd ask you to be here um, as we expect you to show up, as we expect you to do things in our hearts. We open ourselves up to you. We say yes to you before we know what we're saying yes to uh, because we are surrendered, and you are our Lord, and we love you. Jesus, you died on the cross, and because of that, we have hope for the future. You rose from the dead, meaning we have hope that we will someday rise from the dead also uh, and be with you forever. God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, anybody have decisions to make right about now? Any of you parents, uh, what should I do with my kids in school this year? Homeschool? private school, public school. We all have decisions. And maybe you, like me, have had times where you make some decisions and you look back and you're like, I might as well come up with a different plan because these aren't working out. So I have a new strategy for decision making. <laughs> right here. So like our kids, homeschool. Should we homeschool Kayla this year? Positively. Homeschool, right? <laughs> Bad? Okay. Uh, should I quit my job? No, it said no. <laughs> yes, who said yes? <laughs> Should somebody in here quit their job this week? You can count on it. Okay, maybe that's you. Now, obviously, that's a little bit silly. We're not going to make decisions this way. But as we've been going through Psalms and Proverbs, our goal has been to get to know the heart of God. Because we want to get to know God. A.W. Tozer, we love this quote. Whatever comes to mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. That's true. And so our goal has been to get a bigger view of God. He is all loving. He is all powerful. I mean, all of his attributes, how he feels about you. Again, sometimes we'll think about God like an, an angry dad up there, you know, or like a kid with a magnifying glass just wanting to burn the ants. But we want to get an accurate view of God. And as we've seen, God loves us. God wants what's best for us. Two weeks ago, uh, we talked about prosperity gospel and how it's not actually the gospel, um, that it isn't God's plan necessarily for all of us to be healthy and wealthy, but he does give us principles to live that will lead to more success. But we do see he wants what's best for us. So, meaning he knows what's best in your life. He wants what's best in your life. And so as we go to make decisions, maybe... He should be part of those decisions. What if I told you there is one thing you can do that will help you almost always make more, better, wise decisions? Like that. See, more, better. That's, that's, that's good English, good grammar, right? We're going to see it in Proverbs. So turn to Proverbs. Proverbs is, uh, 
a little bit difficult sometimes to preach through. You know, we, we talked a couple weeks ago as we were looking through about how God gives us principles for success. And Paul afterward was like, how come you skipped over this verse, the one where living with a quarrelsome wife, uh, it's more, it's like a dripping faucet, you should live on the corner of a roof instead. Well, Proverbs kind of bounces around within the same proverb. So you can't, like, I'm going to teach through Proverbs 14, but there's different things that kind of pop up as you go through. And if you've been reading through Proverbs, so we've challenged you over the summer that the day of the month, read that proverb for that day. So on, you know, July 15th, read Proverbs 15. And if you've been doing that, then you read through this week some of the verses we're going to look at. So we're going to bounce around. So if you want to bounce around, just turn to like, start with Proverbs 11, be there. If not, the, the verses are going to pop up screen and you can see them here and you can follow in your notes. But this week, there was a theme. Let's see, I'm going to read a few of these verses we read this week and see if you can pick up on the theme. Proverbs 11:14. Where there is no guidance, a people fall. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. 12.15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. 13.10, by insolence comes nothing but strife, but with those who take advice is wisdom. 13.20, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. 15.22, without counsel plans fail, but with many advisors they succeed. Do you see a theme? And I could have gone on and on. You know, you're probably glad I didn't add more in there. This same theme is over and over through the book of Proverbs, and here it is. A wise way to live is to always seek godly counsel from others in my life when making decisions. So, quick question. Three names should pop to your head. Who do you go to for counsel when you have decisions to make? What three names come to your mind? Me, myself, and I. <laughs> Me, myself, and I. All right, you need to take good notes today. <laughs> Who comes to mind that you would go to? Uh, if you see in that note there, it's godly counsel. It's not just counsel. Uh, this is important. We're going to see this as we go through, but I want to draw it out before we get in. It's godly counsel. The fear of the Lord, Proverbs says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So it's not Oprah and Dr. Phil and the guy across the street because he's close godly counsel, meaning people who are committed to following Jesus as Lord, people who have his kingdom first in their life. I mean, none of us are perfect, uh, but, but people who want to pursue God, that's where we want to get counsel from. And so we're going to start this way. Why should I seek counsel? Three reasons. Why should we seek counsel? Proverbs 12, 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Here's number one. My input is never enough. Simply put, I don't know everything. I know, what? <laughs> and, and if you've been a parent, your kids go through this when they're like three, and then when they're 13, and when, then when they're 20, or maybe all the way through there where it's like, I know better than you. You know, do the math problem. Like, let me show you how to do this. That's not what the teacher said. I know how to do it. Fine. <laughs> but we can do this as adults too. You know what? I know everything. I'm pretty smart. But as we see here, my input is never enough. In fact, the person who thinks they always have the right answer, the Bible calls that person a fool. Now, we're not supposed to call people fools, but God can. And so right here, he says, if you're one of those know-it-alls, he's, he's saying that's, 
foolish. It's a foolish way to live. And why is my input never enough? Number two, because my perspective is always limited. Look at Proverbs 15, 22. Without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. The word that sticks out to me there is many. So do you have those two people that you go to because they think just like you? Or many advisors. With many advisors, they succeed because there's different perspectives. Meaning sometimes you might need to seek counsel, and I'm talking godly people, but who view things a little bit differently than you. You know, we don't all view the world exactly the same. Hopefully, it is informed by Scripture and the Holy Spirit is changing us. But there's still different perspectives. And when you have a decision to make, many counselors have many different perspectives. Perspective about you. I mean, you can look in the mirror and you see this, but somebody else close to you, if you're married, your spouse, you should probably listen to them a lot. They might have a different perspective about you than you do. A different perspective about the situation. People have been through whatever it is you're trying to make a decision about. So you can ask them about it. So with many counselors, many advisors, plans succeed. Number three, my flesh is always deceitful. My flesh is always deceitful. Listen to that one. So what is the flesh? Uh, As we study scripture, as we look through the New Testament, the word flesh comes up pretty often. Uh, And if you read the New International Version, NIV, it translates flesh, sinful nature, Um, which I'm not super crazy about sinful nature because it sounds like, oh, we're sinners, we have to sin. But flesh, we still have this. So when you surrender to Jesus as Lord, when you say, I believe that you died on the cross, I believe you rose from the dead, something happens. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says we are new creations. In that moment, the Holy Spirit indwells us. We are saved. He takes out a heart of stone. He puts in a heart of flesh. Our hope is eternally secure because of Jesus. And then a process begins to change us. And so we are saved. When we're saved, we're saved from the uh, penalty of sin, right? Immediately because of Jesus on the cross. He took the penalty for us. We get to heaven. We're saved from the power of sin, meaning as we abide in Christ, as we walk in the spirit, we can walk in victory over sin. But we are not saved yet. We're we're not totally released yet from the presence of sin. When we're in this body, this body still sometimes wants some things that God doesn't want for me. That's called the flesh. Maybe I'm the only one with those desires sometimes. But this draw away from God. So when we are making decisions, sometimes our flesh is going to try and lead us in a certain way. Proverbs 14, 12 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Does your flesh ever want some things that you're pretty sure God doesn't want? How about this? Maybe uh, (laughs) you're taking good notes, right? Okay. (laughs) Maybe some of you younger folks, dating relationships, that guy is really cute, that girl is really cute, but they don't love the Lord, but you're like, yeah, but I really want to date this person. Maybe seek some wise advice. Should I date this person? And you're going to get, you know, 10 godly people and all are going to say, no, bad idea. You know, Scripture says, don't be unequally yoked. You fall in love with somebody who's not a believer, and you're a believer. Someday you have kids. Now you have two different worldviews trying to raise this. This is life or death, right? I mean, following Jesus is life or death eternally. And so right there, but your heart, oh, but I like this guy. No, it's dumb. Don't do it. Seek counsel, because our flesh is deceitful. I would love a Ford Bronco, a new one. Do you know they're making a new Bronco? 
My first car was a Ford Bronco, an 85. It was awesome. I would love to have a new one. Guess what? They're really expensive. And so, you know, my flesh might want that, and you and your wisdom would go, hey, dummy, buy what you can afford, right? So we seek counsel when our emotions, a lot of times our emotions will take over. That's a bad sign. Maybe you're like me. Most of my bad decisions could have been avoided if I had sought counsel. But in a similar way, some of my best decisions, in fact, all of my best decisions were never made on an island. Uh, the thing that came to mind for me with this was, uh, you know, when we decided that God was leading us to plant Common Ground six years ago-ish, um, and Callie and I were kind of pursuing what would God have, I quit my job, had no income with no guarantee of anything. That sounds pretty stupid, worldly. So worldly, bad idea. You're going to quit your job. You have a family of six. How are you going to live? God will provide. But in that, I mean, God gave us so many counselors. We had so many people to talk to. I started actually listing them, and I stopped because there was just so many. Uh, there was probably 20 or so people close to us that we would talk to, uh, others that God kind of brought into our life that had planted churches in Nevada, and we could quiz them about it. There were so many people that when we actually made the decision, we were confident. We knew what God wanted to do. With many counselors, my point there is, plans succeed. We need them. And maybe you're the same way. Maybe you look back, you're like, man, if I would have just made that decision differently, if I would have sought counsel, it would have gone differently. I'm uh, kind of a, a weird sci-fi freak person. I like time travel, and so I'll think about, like, if I could travel in time, and if you change this, what was it? You know, what would it do to the future? Well, here's the truth. The decisions you make now change the future, right? You right now are a product of your previous decisions, and the decisions you make now will impact your future. So the decisions we make are a big deal. And so if God has a plan for our lives, if he knows what's best, he wants what's best, he wants to lead us, how do we make wise decisions? Well, there are three musts we need in our lives. If we're going to have wise counsel, three musts. One, my relationships must include godly people I trust. Proverbs 13, 20. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools suffer harm. Look at those words. These are relational words. Walk, companion, who are you doing life with? That's the picture here. Who are you doing life with? Who are you walking life with? Meaning a lot of times when we are you know, doing life, we have decisions to make this counsel, uh, it's kind of informal. Because we have these relationships, we must have these relationships. Sometimes, you know, and of course, as a pastor, I get the phone call, we go have coffee, we go to breakfast, I come to your house, whatever. There's a decision to make, let's sit down, let's talk about it, and that's a joy to do. But a lot of times, it's just kind of in passing, right? We're just talking, man, the school and this, what are you doing with your kids? And you have godly people thinking through these same things, the school situation. I mean, that's a big one for a lot of you right now. What are you going to do with that? Well, your relationships must include godly people you trust, that you are walking through life with. Listen, wise decision-making begins before a decision ever comes up. Think about that. What's your plan for making decisions? Meaning, do you have these relationships? The relational decisions I make determine the environment from which I will make decisions. Who are you hanging out with? Parents, who are your kids hanging out with? It's a big deal. 
I mean, this is another one of those principles that you see throughout Scripture. You hang out with foolish people, you're going to be foolish. You hang out with wise people, you're going to become more wise. That's just kind of how it works. Now, again, we talk about this a lot at Common Ground, but the church exists for those who aren't here yet. God's people are, are intended to live in the world, to love lost people. And so we love the lost. We have real friendships with the lost, with others wanting to bring them to Christ and no agenda, just to love them. But is that where you go for counsel? Is that, are those the people advising you? Are your kids, and those of you that are kids, what's your friend group? Where are they going? I remember when I was in eighth grade, seventh, eighth grade, um, and I loved skateboarding. I was horrible at it. Um, but the, the kids I was hanging out with, they were into skateboarding too and, and all this, and we had fun, but they started drifting in a certain way. And I started drifting with them. You know, we tried the whole smoking out in the woods and uh, a bottle of schnapps that he had buried. I don't know why he had buried by a tree in the woods. I'm like, I got some schnapps. I'm like, that's disgusting. But, but th they were drifting. And honestly, with them, I mean, I loved Jesus at that. And I, I was drifting with them. Now, God protected me and, and let me see that and removed. And I, we weren't friends anymore. And, and I know one of those ki kids at some point recently died of, a, I think, a drug overdose. Or, I mean, the decisions they made there changed their lives. And God protected me by removing me from that. So you young people, who are you hanging out with? It's a big deal. Um, and look around here. There are some pretty cool kids in here. Uh, you should hang out with them. Or go to youth group. Youth group's great. But these relational decisions that we make now determine the environment from which we will make those decisions. So who's the fool? Just real quick, as we're going through this, who's the fool? The Bible talks a lot about the fool. Well, Psalm 14.1. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. That's the foolish person. The person who doesn't believe in a God, and so they're making decisions based on there is no God. Or these could be people who claim to be Christians, maybe are Christians or in the church, but they're making decisions without any regard to God. A God won't see, God doesn't care, whatever it is. Decisions made not with God in mind are foolish ones. And the fool is the person who says in his heart, there is no God. Listen, this is why we focus on groups so much here at Common Ground. Uh, we, we think Bible study is great. We need to be people of the word. That's why every Sunday morning we do this. We dig into God's word to see what he has to say with, to us. But when we go to group, we talk about what we st studied Sunday and other questions are thrown in. But it's not just a knowledge thing. Maybe you've been part of that before where you do a Bible study, and it's kind of like this, right? You guys are consuming knowledge. But then we get together, and we, we have the hard questions. Like, what are you going to do with it? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Are there changes you need to make in your life? Are you making good financial decisions? When we are in community, some of these things start coming up, and we can talk about it. This is, again, why groups are such a big deal for us. Um, and through the summer, we take the summer off of groups so people don't get tired out. So we do things like this dinner over here where we can connect and build some more of those relationships. Okay, so must. <laughs> There's the first one. I talk too much. My relationships must include godly people I trust. Here's the second one. I must be willing to seek the input of others. Having the people in your life is, is good, but you must be willing to seek their input. Proverbs 4, 7. I love this one. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. And whatever you do, get insight. He says the beginning of wisdom is this. Desire it. Seek it. Scripture talks about go after wisdom as you would for gold or silver. Finding wisdom is better than being rich. 
better to be a poor, wise person, homeless and wise, than a fool with everything. And I mean, you can just look at our world and see that's absolutely true. So the beginning of wisdom is seeking. So do you have decisions to make? Seek wisdom. Ask people. Do you not have these relationships yet? Start forming them, but then seek it. Ask. Reach out. Don't make decisions on an island. Uh, what came to mind as I was studying this, why don't we seek counsel? Right? Why is it we look back and we're like, you know, I had the people in my life, but I didn't ask them why? Well, one is arrogance, right? Kind of going back to the beginning. We think we know better. Proverbs 16, 18, pride comes before destruction. Humility really is the foundation of making wise decisions, of seeking counsel. Psalm 18, or I'm sorry, Proverbs 18, 1. Whoever isolates himself, seeks his own desire, flesh, he breaks out against all sound judgment. Look at that. Isolate yourself. Why do we isolate ourselves? Because we want what we want. And if I go to godly people, I know what they're going to tell me, and I don't want to hear it. Maybe I'm the only one that's done that. But we, we do. Or we'll have those few people we'll ask advice from because they're going to say what we want to hear. Well, no, we don't isolate ourselves. Why else do we not uh, seek counsel? Well, too fast, right? We need to make a decision right now. I don't have time. Proverbs 19, 2. Desire without knowledge is not good. And whoever makes haste with his feet misses his way. Man, Proverbs is so good. <laughs> I mean, it's just kind of these little nuggets of wisdom, and we lump them together, and we will then have better lives. But right here, uh, and whoever makes haste with his feet misses his way. Here's the point. Slow down. It's okay. If a decision has to be made right now, then don't. I mean, for the most part, right? I mean, I guess if you're at an intersection, which way am I going to turn? You have to make a decision. But a lot of the big decisions in life, they don't have to be made right now. You have time to make a phone call. Or how about this one? We think we're going to be a burden. Oh, they're too busy. I don't want to burden them with my life. Can I tell you the greatest joy, one of the greatest joys, I mean, my kids and my wife are the greatest joy, but one of the greatest joys is when somebody says, I have this happening in, in my life or whatever, what is God's way to go? And we get to look at God's word together and help make a wise decision. That is such a joy to me. And guess what? I know it's a joy to you too. When somebody calls you or you get to help somebody else make a wise decision, isn't that just a joy? And so why do you think you're a burden asking somebody else? They want to help you. I mean, that's God in us. We want to walk through this life in community together. So you're not a burden. Get over it. Right? <laughs> Seek counsel. And here's the third must. I must be teachable and listen to the input. It's great to have the relationships. It's great to seek the advice. But if you don't follow it, it's kind of all a waste. Seek it, listen, and then do it. I mean, of course, you then have to judge, does this align with Scripture? Is this really wise? And you have to make that final judgment. But if it's God leading, do it. You must be teachable. Uh, Proverbs 10, 17. He is on the path of life who heeds instruction. That word heeds, that, that idea, it's the idea of verbal correction. Wisdom is hearing it, receiving it, and doing something about it. Maybe you're one of those strong-willed people, and you hear something, and you're like, I know it's true, but 
my way. I don't want to change. I don't want that person to know that they're right. Here, wisdom is being teachable. How about this one? Uh, Proverbs 9, 8. Do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man and he will love you. Reprove, that means correct. I mean, to come alongside, hey, I see this in your life. I think it's out of line. You know, or this is happening. The, the scoffer here, the person who does not want wisdom is like, nah, leave me alone. The wise person might have a little bit of a quill reaction, but then they'll come back and go, thank you. You know, thank you for, for loving me enough to, to confront me on whatever it is. Listen, the wise person isn't the one who knows everything. The wise person is the one who's humble enough to seek out the answers and then do it. Sorry, Rhiannon, I'm trying to follow the notes. You know, a lot of times I bounce around and I make it really hard on whoever's doing the computer. 12.15. Proverbs 12.15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is one who listens to counsel. Again, right here, not seeks the counsel. You've already done that. Listens to it. Does it. Proverbs 12.1, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. I love being able to say stupid from the pulpit. Don't be stupid, <laughs> right? The one who is stupid is the one who won't be corrected, the one who loves discipline. Now, this isn't discipline as in, you know, a beating that the kid might get when they need it. But, but it is. It's the discipline. You know, God disciplines those he loves, meaning we make bad decisions People pointed out discipline, wisdom is you love the discipline. You want the correction, and you hear and you do something about it. Again, you see the humility here. So what's the big deal? Don't be stupid. Listen to counsel. Why? And we're going to zip through these, these reasons just real quick. Why? Why would we seek counsel to make wise decisions? Because when we don't, number one, people get hurt. 11.4. Or 11.14, where there is no guidance, a people fall, fall, hurt, injured. People get hurt when we make bad decisions. Sometimes it's ourselves. A lot of times it's other people. When we make bad decisions, other people can get hurt. How about this? Number two, relationships are broken. Proverbs 13.10, by insolence. That word insolence means arrogant or, or proud. By insolence comes nothing but strife. But with those who take advice is wisdom. Relational conflict here. Wisdom, you seek counsel, your relationships are going to be better. Three, unintended consequences. Why should we want to make wise decisions? Because if we don't, there's unintended consequences. 1320, the companion of fools suffers harm. Right? Harm. You're hanging out with, with knuckleheads, bad things might happen. Or number four, I think this one's helpful. Good intentions are wasted. Proverbs 15, 22, without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. You may want to do good things. Your intention might be right, but without counsel, you might make a big, a big mistake or, or waste your good intentions. Here's the one that <laughs> came to my mind. Remember that young man who uh, wanted to, to go as a missionary to, I think it was the Senegal Islands, an island, basically, that it's illegal for anybody to go to. Um, anybody that's gone there in the last 30 years has been killed immediately. Uh, and he got it in his heart. I'm going to go witness to, to this tribe. 
you know. And so he kind of stowed away on a fishing boat. He got a fishing boat to take him close. He got in a rowboat and he rowed and he stepped on the shore, killed him. Well, a church did not send him. He was not part of a missions organization. He had a good intention, right? I want to share Jesus. But he just did it all by himself. Good intention, totally wasted. And, and then a life wasted. Without counsel, plans fail. But with many advisors, they succeed. And I could go on and on. I have other ones written in here. You know, with counsel, there is safety. 1522, again, they succeed. So what are these musts? We must have people in our life. We must be willing to seek the input, and then we must be teachable and listen. You know, this is one of those studies that's just really practical um, because God wants us to live well. God wants us to make wise decisions. Now, it begins, as we've said before, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And so as we move back to worship, uh, it begins with that. And let me ask that. For those of you here, maybe church is new, or, or maybe you haven't surrendered to Jesus yet, wise living begins with believing Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead and surrendering your life to him. And so as we move to this time of worship, I'm going to be over here. If you hear all this and you're like, it sounds good, but I don't know where to start. It starts with surrendering to Jesus as Lord. God loves you. Jesus died on the cross for your sins and he rose from the dead, meaning it doesn't matter how good you are. You know, after you surrender to Jesus, he'll start to change you, but he'll take you just as you are. You know, we make this mistake of thinking, oh, I need to get my act together, then I can go to church. No, that's, that's the opposite. You need to come to Jesus, and then he'll help you get your act together. So if today is the day you hear this, you're like, there's something missing in my life, come talk to me. Or if there's something else going on and you want prayer, I'll be up here available for you, and uh, let's worship. Lord Jesus, thank you. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. God, the, the book of Proverbs is so packed full of meat. Um, of how to live wisely. God, we, we know you love us. We know you created everything. And so you're, you set forth the plan of how we could live lives that glorify you, how we could have families that are successful, how we can have healthy marriages, healthy kids, I mean, all this. And God, I ask that, that we would follow you as Lord. God, we are excited for what you want to do in our lives. We're excited for what you want to do in our community. God, we pray again, as we often pray, that you would change us, that we would fall deeper and deeper in love with you, and then that would spill out in the places where we already live, in the places where we work, in the places where we play, that others would see our lives and say, you have hope, you have joy, you have something I'm missing, and we would have the opportunity to say it's all because of Jesus. Jesus, we love you, and I pray again, if there's anybody in this room that needs you, that has not surrendered to you as Lord, I pray that you would give them the courage and the humility to come talk to me or to talk to a group leader or somebody else in here that they know and trust, God, but that today would be the day of salvation. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.